0: Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host Gavin Meenan and on this podcast I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialise in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier and more confident man in today's world. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I am super fucking excited because I have Taylor Johnson here with me on the episode today. Now, Taylor is a sex educator and relationship coach. And he helps people, mostly men, I believe, supercharge mm-hmm. their sex lives and build powerful, intimate relationships. Uh this is gonna be fucking epic, my man. And uh I can't wait for it. So Taylor, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh yeah, yeah, stoked to be here and get into all this good stuff.
0: It's an absolute pleasure, my man. And uh pleasure being the pleasure being the key word there. It's uh something Mm -hmm. teach men to to uh promote in their own lives. And absolutely. Yeah and I like to say like I work with men
1: and I'm here for men and the people that love men, basically. Yeah. So my programs are geared towards men and people with penises to figure out how they work and how to experience more pleasure and get rid of all the shame and baggage that society has put on us so we can actually be liberated in this
0: area of our lives. Mm -hmm. Unreal, man. So what's brought you to this point? I'm sure you have your own story.
1: (laughs) What's brought me to this point? Oh, man, so many different things. Uh, One angle. So I used to struggle in my early twenties intensely with premature ejaculation and then porn induced erectile dysfunction. I watched a lot of porn because I mean, it's sexy, you know, (laughs) it looks really fucking good. Like you can see anything you want on the internet. And I watched a lot of it and it negatively impacted my sex life and my relationship at the time. And so I went back and forth between this sort of like struggling with premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction and like, just feeling inadequate as a man, honestly, you know, and feeling like I didn't have a solid identity as a man and, and worrying, like, am I ever going to have the kind of sex that people talk about? Am I ever going to be able to satisfy my lover? Anytime I ever heard a guy talk about having sex for longer than five or 10 minutes, I'd be like, fuck you. You know, internally, I would be jealous <laughs> and be like, fuck, why can't, why wasn't I given the gift of being able to have sex forever? You know? and and so it, it started this journey for me to, to try to heal this within me, or at least try to figure it out. And so I started reading every sex book that I could find. I started you know, finding all the different resources I could, started experimenting with Tantra and then the book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man, which I'm sure a lot of guys here listening to have heard of this book. It's, it's a lot of guys' starting point on this journey is that book by Montak Chia. And started to experience some success. Fast forward, fast forward, you know, experienced more success and more success and thinking like, holy shit, this stuff actually works. My life is better. I'm experiencing amazing sex and it's improving my business life too. And I'm making more money and holy shit, like, wow. I, you know, this is what people are talking about when they write the books on the power of sexual energy. Like I was experiencing it and it was blowing my mind. And at the time, I was working as a full time professional filmmaker and photographer in the business world, working for big, like corporate clients and stuff. And eventually realized that all the books on my bookshelf were about sex, relationship, you know, or, or, something like that. <laughs> and all the conversations I wanted to have were around sex. And my friends and a partner at the time said, Taylor, why don't you like at least start a blog? You know, it's like you need to do something to get this out there to the world. And so I started doing that and I realized I loved it. I love talking about it. And then boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I made courses. I made YouTube videos and here we are. And it's like, it really stemmed from a desire. Once I figured this stuff out internally to want to share it with other people, because I wish I had somebody to share this stuff with me when I was 20, you know, or 25 or something like that. Cause it would have changed my whole everything, you know, and it's much more meaningful for me to do this kind of work than it is to take photos for big corporations. Awesome.
0: Powerful, my man. Yeah. Well done. And that book you mentioned, I haven't heard of it. And I'm sure a lot of the guys listening to this podcast haven't heard of it. So that's one to take with us as we, as we move forward. So certainly need to check yeah, that right. one out. And
1: yeah. And I'll say it, let me say a qualifier about that book. So whenever I lead workshops, I ask people like, how many people have read this book? And then I ask people, how many people have read the entire book? And it's maybe like it's less than 10% of people have actually gone through the whole book. And I'll say that I'm super grateful for that book. And there's a lot of really good wisdom in there. And also it's, it's missing, in my opinion, uh, a lot of really important stuff about just being in your body and, and yeah, just, just being in your body. Cause it can get super heady. And us as men, like we have this, a superpower of having really sharp minds that can create all kinds of stuff. And sometimes that traps us. You know, and we really need to be focusing in our body. We can't just intellectually learn techniques. We actually have to practice them over and over and over to really get it. You know,
0: that's something that certainly strikes a chord with me. It's getting stuck in my head, in my earlier sexual exploits that deemed unsuccessful was uh, getting very anxious and uptight in those intimate scenarios where, my body ultimately ultimately would, would shut down. And as I've spoken about this and as I've documented this over the years, it's come to my awareness that a lot of men struggle with this. A lot of men get stuck in their heads when they're in that intimate scenario with a woman. And yeah. some of this may be based on shame due to their religious background. Some of it may be based on the the, the lies of society or in terms of what a man is supposed to do in those situations and this a lot Mm -hmm. of this is perhaps a miseducation from from watching porn where the guy is always turned on and ready to go and there's that underlying pressure then when you're in that situation that you need to be ready to go and sometimes you're not so and then one negative experience can transfer into the next negative experience so you're caught in this loop then and your confidence is completely diminished so yeah from your own experience or from If you've been in that situation yourself or from working with other guys, how do you get out of your head? (laughs) How do you get out of your head?
1: (laughs) Take drugs.
0: No. No, (laughs) That's that's the end of the (laughs) podcast.
1: Yeah. How to get out of your head. I mean, actually, there are some really good ways. There are some good techniques to use, and we'll just jump right into some practical things to get out of your head. And. One of the first ones, and this is going to sound like you've probably heard these things before, but your breath is an incredibly powerful tool. It's like one of the most powerful tools we have at any given moment to augment our reality and to create a new relationship with the moment. It's our direct interface with the moment. And so the quality of our breath will have a lot to do with the quality of our our mental space and our thoughts. And if you know if you'll notice, if you're in a sexual scenario and you feel, like you're up in your head or you're anxious, chances are you're probably also breathing into your chest and you're breathing really shallowly, you know? So you can immediately counteract that by taking, you know, some deep belly breaths and intentionally breathing into your belly and doing that 10 or 20 times as a practice when you're in sexual intimacy. And you might not feel a result the first two breaths, but I guarantee you, if you do 10 breaths, 15 deep breaths, you're going to drop into your body and the act, like the chatter in your head is going to become less noisy and it'll be more easy for you to be present in the experience. And then that'll translate into less worrying about whether or not you're going to ejaculate or what they think and all this stuff, because you're just going to be more focused and present in your body. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And another one that is really challenging for a lot of guys, and was was really challenging for me too at first, is actually making audible sounds on your exhale. So if you think about it, for whatever reason, there's lots of theories about this. Oftentimes in sex, women are quite noisy. <laughs> you know, they'll make a lot of noise, like moans and just all that stuff. And a lot of times, men are just quiet and kind of stoic even sometimes. They're just like expressionless, just like going through the motions. And I've heard from a number of people like when they have sex with a guy, Sometimes they're not even sure if the guy's actually enjoying sex or not, because the only time they really see the guy in pleasure is those seven or 10 seconds when he's having an ejaculatory orgasm. And then he's like, Oh oh, God, you know, and they're like, Oh, he's experiencing pleasure. Great. (laughs) But the whole rest of the time, he's just kind of been silent. So if you actually uh, like make sounds of pleasure while you're having sex, your voice and the the creation of that sound will release tension in your body and it'll make more ease in your body and it'll allow your thoughts to become less active. And at the same time, it'll also signify to your partner that you're enjoying the moment too. And so it'll create some sort of excitement in them almost always that, and that'll bring you closer together as well. And yeah, there's all kinds of fancy techniques and energetic techniques people talk about, but really breath and sound are two like there's almost no point in doing these other fancy things if you're not breathing deeply and if you're not making sound and if you're not moving your entire body and focusing on your entire body
0: you know yeah excellent man so obviously as you just mentioned before the podcast here you've got 70 over 70 guys in your in your new course and this is obviously a big issue for a lot of men so yeah again from your own experience or from maybe how you see it in the world right now or in society why why is it such a struggle for men when it comes to sex or sexual energy I mean a lot of it could be stemmed on of course as I said religious a religious yeah. background or religious beliefs um mm-hmm. or overconsumption of porn or miseducation there but it is, yeah. is it as simple as something like that? Or is there something deeper within that that's not being spoken about or or being made aware of?
1: Yeah. I guess I would ask the question, like, can you think of three different examples of healthy examples that you've witnessed in your life growing up around men's sexuality? (laughs) None. Yeah. None. Yeah. There's a complete absence of this in our society, you know, and, and figuring out why, like, God, there's, I mean, so many reasons, like a lot of, there's a lot of shame in in big organized religions. There's a lot of shame in our society, even aside from religion, you know, we're sold sex through marketing constantly. Most sex ed programs, at least in the United States, back when I was a kid, all they told us was like, don't have sex or you'll get an STD or you'll get pregnant or you'll die, you know, like really fucking horrendous scare Mm -hmm. tactics to keep us from having sex. And there was no sex positive education at all. And so I think there's a lot of like, there's just not a whole lot of good, healthy discussion of sex and, and that keeps it like under the rug. And then specifically around men, as men, we get a lot of programming from society that we really need to be self-sufficient, have all our shit together, like never struggle, don't ask for help from people, be able to figure it out all on your own, don't be vulnerable, show strength and strength in terms of like don't ask for help, you know, which is a really misguided um it's just an unfortunate program that a lot of us have received from society and it's, it's strong. It's actually a strength to be able to ask for help, to like overcome that and ask for help is a huge thing. But what that impact that has on sexuality is sexuality is already a shameful thing for a lot of people, or at least people have shame wrapped up in sex. And then when they're not supposed to ask for help at all, it's extra shameful <laughs> and it just gets tucked away under the rug and never talked about. And then it shows up when you actually try to have sex as shame or a result of shame, which sometimes can be called erectile dysfunction or sexual anxiety, premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation, like any number of things can be a result of shame or fear or stuff that we have going on in our systems. And so it's really important to talk about this. And I'm happy to be having this conversation so we can just normalize. Sex is nice. It feels good. It's a beautiful way to connect with ourselves and other people. And it's fucking healthy. It's, Aside from any beliefs, physiologically speaking, having sex is good for your nervous system and your physical health and your cardiovascular health and your mental health. It's just like, it's good for all of these things, you know? So we need to be having it and talking about it. And in my opinion, celebrating it because I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And and I just want to add one other piece too that's really become apparent for me over the last year. Is the, the current setup of our society? And we, look, we've all got our devices and our phones here. We've all got like infinite information and stimulation at our fingertips. And this keeps us in a constant cycle of like seeking the next hit of dopamine, seeking the next hit of something, entertainment, stimulation, whatever. And it keeps us in more locked into this mental space, into this headspace, and out of our body. And these are almost like two entirely different operating systems, you know, like the one of just like seeking reward, seeking reward, seeking reward in our head and fantasizing about reward, thinking about the things that we want. And we spend so much time in this realm that when we actually do get the things we think we want, we're not able to fully enjoy them because we've spent so much time over here that we we're ready for the next thing, you know, and we need to actually build our other muscle of being able to enjoy the moment too. And that's kind of like Mm anti-technology, you know, or Snapchat and fucking uh, TikTok. Like there's benefits to all these things, but it's just like, wow, the level of constant input is huge. And that keeps us in our heads and out of our bodies. And that does impact our sex life for sure.
0: Yeah. So even then when it gets to, the intimate scenario with, with, with a partner. Yeah. are almost neglecting all the foreplay, for example, and just going straight to the, to the dopamine hit of an ejaculation and sort of missing that, missing a huge part of that experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. And I think that like, what would I say? I would say that I'll just speak personally. I used to see ejaculation as the point in sex, you know? And like, it was the reason to have sex. It was the end thing. It was the, the goal. It was the mission to get to this point eventually. And I remember when I was younger, <clears throat> excuse me, if a partner did not make me ejaculate, then I would be frustrated and think, Oh, they did something wrong. I could have just jacked off myself, you know, like what's, what's the point? And, um, and, and there is an infinite realm of pleasure and actually far more pleasure to be had in the space between non-arousal and ejaculation that's just incredible. You know, like the whole space in between when you first start kissing somebody and when you ejaculate is amazing. And if you're, it's hard to fully understand how amazing it can be if you've never experienced it or started to think about it, you know, but I promise you it's there, and when you start to intentionally not go towards ejaculation, but instead really relax into the moment and enjoy all the subtle sensations in your body and your partner, and the smell of your partner, and the taste of your partner, and the sounds of each other, and the feel of their bodies, getting lost in that pleasure without the going towards the goal of orgasm, like that's when all kinds of other magical stuff can happen, like the you know, the non-ejaculatory orgasm, the tantric orgasm, the energetic orgasm and deep states of vulnerability and connection with your partner, you know, like all this amazing stuff can happen there, Mm -hmm. but it starts with the, there has to be a seed of belief that something else is possible too, you know, and the goal isn't always to go towards ejaculation.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's a different perspective on sex for a lot of the listeners today, because yeah, when you think of sex or when we think of sex it 's automatically oh yes sex the end point or the goal or the outcome is the ejaculation, but as you mentioned, there's for much sure. more to it. and uh, as you were speaking there, I was thinking yeah this is this is ta- tantric talk, and it 's not something i 've experienced, and I know for a fact it 's not something a lot of Irish men have experienced either, so yeah, that whole realm would be completely new and of course mind blowing. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And
1: to to be clear, just to be clear, I'm not saying don't ejaculate. (laughs) I still love having ejaculatory orgasms. To be perfectly clear, I just am, am choosing to have those versus defaulting towards going to those as the end result of sex. I would say the majority of times when I do have sex, I don't actually ejaculate. And yes, that does come from a lot of yogic practices and background of Taoist sexuality, yogic sexuality, tantric you know practices and that sort of thing. Um, but I like to create the clarity also. It doesn't feel like I'm withholding. It doesn't feel like I'm not experiencing pleasure. Like I'm having a ton of pleasure and a ton of enjoyment in those experiences. I'm just choosing to not ejaculate in some sometimes choosing not to ejaculate for the sake of increased mental clarity in my life, increased drive, increased motivation, increased polarity and charge with my sexual partner, you know, and a lot of guys, like if you have, if you've ever been in a long term relationship with somebody and you have a lot of sex with them and you ejaculate every time there's going to come a point when eventually your attraction and your charge drops off with this person. And and adjusting your frequency of ejaculations is a way to modulate that,
0: you know. Excellent, man. That, I'll, pa- I'll, I'll pause there. <laughs> no, it's all good. That was actually, you're actually, I was going on to that next question, which was mm. uh, semen retention and yeah, why, why you promote that so much. I know you've written uh, some articles about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've spoken to some guys who've done their own bit of research on it and they've asked me questions about it. As you mentioned there, I do believe it increases your drive, increases your clarity, your focus um I don't believe in ejaculating too often um I don't think it does mm-hmm. your does your drive or your productivity or your energy any favors so yeah um, for me that's that's why I would promote it, and that's the sort of response I give to these guys, but I'm not as educated in that field as you are yeah, yeah. so have you any deeper perspective on that in terms of okay why semen retention what's the ultimate benefit of it
1: what's the ultimate benefit of semen retention well it turns you into a god and then you can see through women's clothing <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, but it's 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 fucking it's crazy actually. If you look out on the internet, you're you will see some really wild stuff that people are saying that semen retention will do. Like it'll build your muscles, it'll give you superpowers. Da, 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 da. And for me, I don't I don't see it as something that's gonna like if you just stop ejaculating and don't do anything else, it's not gonna completely dramatically change the rest of your life. You know, in fact, you're probably gonna feel really fucking frustrated and you're gonna feel sexual just all kinds of stuff. It's not going to be great, you know? Um, but, and also if you look out on the internet, you'll see that the concept of nofap, have you heard of that? I've the heard. Whole nofap movement. The whole, yeah. So it, it's like exploding across the internet right now, which is basically a lot of guys realizing that excess masturbation and excess porn consumption has a negative impact on their life. Right, so there's something to this. People are realizing, oh, I have some like potentially unhealthy relationship with sex, and something about that involves how often I'm ejaculating, you know. And so, in no fat, they'll go for an extended period of time without ejaculating and start to feel their motivation for life come back, they'll start to feel their drive come back, and all this stuff come back, and that's awesome. A problem that happens with a lot of people that go through the NoFap process is when they start actually wanting to have sex again, you know, it's because a lot of people will just push sex away and again, shove it under the rug and not talk about it and just not engage with it and then experience, you know, the benefits of mental clarity that come with that. But then when they start having sex again, all these patterns that they used to have will come rushing right back in you know? So I'm a fan of yes, maybe taking a break if you need to, but also cultivating a healthy relationship with sex and sexuality in your own body. So that when you do start to have sex again, you can do so from a place of empowerment and clarity and ease. And you're able to do things like last as long as you want and fucking all the wild different positions that you want and have whatever kind of sex you want. Maybe that's deep and slow and connective, or maybe it's like you're slapping and spanking each other, you know? And when it comes to frequency of ejaculation and choosing not to do it that often. One way I like to think about it is in terms of, if we're looking at, so evolutionarily speaking, right? We're all biological creatures. We're all here at this point because basically somebody had sex, somebody ejaculated inside another person, a baby was born, boom, you're here. And so the perpetuation of our species has come from sex and if you believe that <laughs> which i believe and so like we all have these we all have these biological imperatives to perpetuate our species and this comes in the form of seeking sex and sex being one of the most pleasurable things we could possibly experience what is the thing that perpetuates our species right and when you have sex and when you do ejaculate you're signifying to your system mission complete you know i have perpetuated the species now you can sleep, now you can relax, now you can go on vacation, now you can restore yourself. You know? And the impact of an ejaculation, neurologically speaking, has been shown to last for multiple days at least you know, in terms of the different neurotransmitters and hormones that happen in your system. And so I like to think of this as this is a state of non peak performance because you don't have to go out and find another mate. You don't have to go out and provide for a mate. You don't have to go out and provide for yourself. You've just impregnated and perpetuated the species so you can rest, you know? And so if you're ejaculating three times a week, you're constantly staying in this state of, of rest, you could call it, you know? And, This is a stake of non-peak performance in my opinion and experience and to create some like practical understanding about it it's still possible to go out and do jobs that are sort of manual labor oriented or craft oriented like building things doing with your hands yes but the the sort of spark that seems to disappear when we ejaculate more often is the spark of ingenuity or the spark of creativity or the spark of coming up with inventions or new ideas that are really going to change the game in some way versus doing quote unquote work, you know? And another book to put on the list is this book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, where he interviews some of the most successful men of all time and talks about what made them successful. And in that book, he devoted an entire chapter to the mystery of sex transmutation. And basically what that means is you're taking a desire for sex, for ejaculation, harnessing that desire. And instead of ejaculating, turning towards something that will be valuable to you that you want to create in the world, like your business or a creative project or something like that. And instead of just going towards sex, 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 actually creating this thing, you know, using that as motivation to create a new thing. And he doesn't explicitly talk about not ejaculating in that book, but it's my interpretation That that's what he's talking about, you know, and in the context of different esoteric systems around sex, like tantric sexuality, yogic sexuality, Taoist sexuality, they see sex as an incredibly generative, life-giving thing that we shouldn't push away for the sake of our health, but we should be having sex and we should be reaping the benefits of this sex and be, be reaping the benefits of getting into the state of orgasm, which is different from the ejaculatory orgasm in these perspectives and in these traditions. And through being in the sexual experience, but not always ejaculating every time, then we're experiencing all this joy and connection and pleasure that uplifts our entire life. And that we can use that extra energy and harness it to create amazing things in the world. You know versus just letting it out through ejaculation. And that's what you know, one of the things I really love about these traditions is that they've been passed down for generation and generation and generation. And they say, yes, sex is amazing. It's beautiful. It's pleasurable. Have sex. And also be intentional with the quantity of your ejaculations because it really does have an impact on your entire life.
0: Excellent. Is there a time frame? <sighs>
1: that's a lot of words
0: <laughs> yeah but that's part it's 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 brilliant man it's brilliant yeah but is, is there a time frame is there yeah is there like a, a set point I mean they're probably they probably yeah. there's, there's probably not but again some of the guys listening to this, this, this is this the sort of questions that be thinking to themselves okay I don't ejaculate for what a week uh two weeks two months what's yeah. the process here and uh it's you know the other the other thought that comes to my mind is that it's so fucking difficult not to ejaculate these days because if you have that urge, then mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you don't have to click two or three buttons on your phone and you've got that um method of stimulation that yeah brings ejaculation. So as much as yes, in the past yeah. um sex was used for reproduction. There wasn't the ongoing temptations of porn, you know, yeah. every single day. And this is obviously an addictive substance, or addictive device, and addictive. Uh, yeah. It's addictive as well. So it, so it sounds open. like two. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, but... well, it sounds like two things here. <laughs> that how often should you ejaculate, and also what? Are, like it's so tempting. To ejaculate. How do
0: you manage the? How do you manage the temptations? Yeah, that that are yeah. so um, prevalent. Today. For sure.
1: All right. Let's start with how do you manage the temptations first? And I made a little note here just to make sure we talk about these these different things. But um, yeah, just to acknowledge, we do live in an ejaculation-focused society, for sure. I like to call it that, at least. Like, We're at least living in an instant gratification-focused society. And I'll make the equation or I will equate ejaculatory orgasm to another form of instant gratification for a lot of us. Like you get off the porn, you jack off, you have an ejaculatory orgasm, great, it's done. You know, so almost all porn that's out there it ends in the cum shot, right? And a lot of times when guys will watch porn, they'll just skip ahead to the cum shot. And now on a lot of porn sites, they'll even have markers in the video that'll show you exactly where the cum shot is, so you can skip ahead to watch the cum shot and all of that reinforces ejaculation as the point of sex. And it, it creates an association in your brain between ejaculation and pleasure and ejaculation and peak pleasure and ejaculation as the point of anything to do with sex. So we build those associations, we build those associations, then we have infinite access to sugar in our daily environment. You know, And when we have sugar, we get another hit Of something. and We get another hit of something and we want more similar to social media and things on our phone. And it's all reinforces this part of our brain that is geared towards instant gratification and instant hits of pleasure followed by a crash or a desire for more. And so just to normalize that the context that we're all living in, it's difficult. (laughs) It's difficult to do this. You know, it's difficult to do these practices and it takes some extreme willpower at first, at first it takes willpower. And then eventually what starts to happen is you realize the fucking vast, you look back on your life and you see the immense quantity of time and energy that you spent and wasted and completely let go of to all these things. And then there's this realization moment where you're just like, holy fuck, what else could I have done with my life? You know, what other kinds of sexual experiences could I have had? What kinds of relationships could I have had? What kinds of businesses or money could I have made if I were to have not squandered away all this energy? You know, so identifying the impact of this stuff on your life is a big part in, in making this step towards not doing it, you know, because if you don't see that it has a negative impact on your life, you're not going to stop doing it and i like to like i like to make the point that if you watch porn every day and masturbate to porn every day even if it's just for 10 minutes it's not just 10 minutes of impact that you're getting right that's programming your psyche around how you relate to sex and attraction in general in public while you're at work while you're by yourself and it it, it forms mental pathways that impact how we relate to and react and interact with people in our entire lives and it shows up in your work meeting if there's an attractive person in your work meeting, you might pornify them or whatever, you know, <laughs> to use that term. And it's just, yeah, I'll, I'll pause there and go on to the next piece. Uh, but but I, yeah, just to reiterate, like identifying the impact of this stuff can be really helpful, it can be really helpful for sure, and then. In terms of how often should you ejaculate, it really depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on your age, your activity level, your lifestyle, what kind of season it is. Also, you know, if you want to get deeply into it, like some of these traditions do, I'm a believer that everyone has their own ideal ejaculation frequency and that you can figure it out through practice. And it's something you're not going to be able to figure it out in a week, but a few months of experimenting with this, you'll be able to figure it out. And there are some generalized formulas. Like in the Taoist sexuality system, there, I'm not gonna remember the exact dates right now, but they say like, if you're 20 years old, you can ejaculate once every five days. If you're 30 years old, it's once every eight days. If you're 40, it's once every 10. If you're 50, it's so on and so on. You know, if you're 80, you should no longer ejaculate you know if you're 70 once every 20 days or something like that and there there's are loose frameworks to start to orient yourself around personally i find that my ideal ejaculation frequency varies and it's anywhere between every 8 to 12 days and i can have as much sex as i want during that time but if i ejaculate only once every 8 to 12 days then my levels of motivation and clarity and ability to articulate thoughts and ability to just connect with people and live a really meaningful, powerful life are sustained and high versus if I ejaculate regularly, those levels are not as high. And for me, this is really important because I think life is fucking amazing. And I think we have this incredible gift of being alive on a planet and I want to live as fully as I possibly can live, you know, and do as much amazing shit as I can do while I'm here. And if, you know, and living this way is helping me
0: do that really yeah amazing man that's like i totally get it because i i don't know where i came across it but i decided to experiment with that some time ago and it could have been somewhere between 2 and 3 weeks and yeah my productivity levels through the roof energy focus overall happiness overall drive in life was yeah tenfold so there's there's definitely something to it but i never never really delved too much into it in terms of uh reading into it or studying it or yeah. really understanding the deep underlying impact of it all but that's sort of my approach anyway if i see something or hear something from somebody i respect i can't remember who it was but i say oh that 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 sounds interesting i'll give that a go and i'll i'll, I'll run with it and and yeah. see what kind of results i receive and if it works great if it doesn't okay maybe not for me i'll park that and i'll try something else so as i mentioned yeah. at the beginning of the podcast i'm I'm not for setting goals in my life i'm about evaluating my life at certain points and sharpening the axe by making some more totally. my routine changes to my habits changes to my overall outlook on life so yeah that's where i'm at like take the next step but evaluate where you are at that next step so you can take the next best step forward and continue that direction so and i feel that's a very wise approach for any guy listening to this podcast today to to adopt as well it's it can seem quite overwhelming what you're speaking about in terms of semen retention in terms of embracing sex as something whole instead of yeah the pun something whole instead of like the the end point ejaculation which again we've all been Uh to to believe and so on that note where where would you start or what's the what is the first step that you would advise some of these guys to take that that's not too overwhelming and that enables progress
1: yeah for sure it's a good question and i would say also that you know i get asked sometimes like well why should i do these things almost from a defensive place or something and i'm not an evangelist <laughs> i think if you're fully 100% satisfied with your life right now and your sex life then why change it you know just keep on doing what you're doing like if you're really fully satisfied fuck yeah and more power to you awesome don't change a thing if you're not fully satisfied then why not do some evaluation? Why not do some experimentation to see what else is out there to see, you know, what else could improve your sex life, your relationship, something like that. And it's pretty much like, to me, it was as black and white as that, <laughs> you know, if you're happy, great. If you're not happy, do something about it, you know, investigate, try some things. And the things to try will be different for different people, you know, but if you're addicted to porn, look up some resources to start to begin to understand how porn impacts your brain and how it impacts your ability to get the most out of life and sexual relationships. Like that list is huge of the the negative impacts of habitual porn use. It's just, it's monumental at this point. Um, So start with at least understanding, looking into, you know, looking into understanding the impact it's having on your system and then figuring out a way to take a break. I like to have guys start off with just seven days of a fast and I have a free thing. It's just called the seven day free semen retention challenge. You get a a video and an email every day. And it's basically like, Hey, by the way, you have fucking power as a creature alive on this planet. And you might be letting it go through ejaculating too frequently here over these seven days. Don't watch porn. Don't ejaculate limit your sugar intake and these sorts of things so you can really actually feel what it feels like to not be a slave to these things you know so you could start off with a free thing like that um you could start off with just taking a fast from porn for 10 days and see how it feels read a book you know like there's there's so many different ways to start like browse my youtube videos
0: <laughs> yeah i'll i will or you, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll pop the link down down below in the show notes here for the uh for the free course you've got a link for that mm-hmm. so that'll be mm-hmm. below the if you're listening to this right now it'll be down below the show notes and also a link to your youtube channel as well and yeah. and, and yeah.
1: thousands of guys have gone through that free thing and you'll get value from it even if you never take another course with me again so it's yeah. just it's just a gift because i'm like please understand the power that you have you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. and and you again you're you're speaking from a place of experience as well you know it, it's very authentic as well that you've you've been there um you understand the detrimental impact of porn you understand the yeah how, how we're conditioned and um that this condition needs, needs to be changed in order to be able to live a more fulfilling sexual life yes but also a more fulfilling life you know in general so yeah yeah and for <laughs> i know there's something else you've you've sort of um spoken about before and i know a lot of guys struggle with this so it's it's the reason i'm bringing it up as well sort of moving away from some of the topics we've been discussing already but Great, um, let's get it lasting longer in bed yeah you no know, this is something a lot of guys do struggle with in terms of um yeah lasting longer in bed and also again it goes back to maybe The pressures of having to last longer in bed which then has a counterproductive effect on lasting longer in bed where you can't even (laughs) so it's uh again another complex dynamic but yeah so yeah your perspective on that
1: my perspective on on how to last longer in bed
0: how to last longer in bed how to prolong your yeah your sexual experience perhaps
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. So, damn good question. This is something, again, to reiterate from the beginning. I used to struggle with this immensely. Like, I was the guy that would come in 30 seconds or a minute, you know, and it sucked. God, it was rough. And I never thought, yeah, I, there were times when I never thought it would be possible for me to last as long as I wanted. And I, I do want to say, if, you've, if you're struggling with that too, you're not alone. And it's 100% possible for you to overcome this stuff for sure. And there's a list of a few different things. Like, I'll go back to breathing, like what the things I already said about breathing deeply and making sound, those will actually be really helpful. And if you notice the first moment you start to be sexual with somebody, maybe you're just kissing them, start breathing deeply into your belly and your breath will be something that can expand your threshold to experience more pleasure. It'll literally expand your capacity to experience more pleasure without ejaculating. And so start doing that immediately. And it will feel like a practice at first, you know, but then then you'll start to feel in your body the spaciousness that opens from that. It's pretty fucking awesome. And in addition to that, there's a couple other huge things that guys can do if they really want to train themselves in this way. Number one is to shift how you masturbate. And this is a big one because how we masturbate is a training ground for how we have sex. And most guys, when they masturbate, we just kind of sit or lay still and we move our hand up and down and we don't really move our bodies. We're just like there. And we focus only on the head of our penis And it's usually for maybe two or three minutes or something like that, four minutes tops, and then we ejaculate and then it's over. And we're habituating our sexual response system to have that kind of sexual experience. If we masturbate that way, you know, we're training our bodies to do that. And so this can have all kinds of effects, but in sex, this can make our systems go towards ejaculation more quickly you know, because then it might think, oh, I have an ejaculator and it's three minutes in, what's wrong? I need to ejaculate because this is what we do in sex. Or if you go past that period, you might lose an erection because your system thinks like, oh, sex is sex only lasts three or four minutes. So, it, you know, it's done. So what I, what I encourage people to do is if they're really serious about wanting to shift this part of their life, is to start a masturbation practice that I call a self-pleasure practice, where at least three times a week, You masturbate for a minimum of 20 minutes at a time and start to train your system, your whole body, your penis, your brain, every part of your body, that sex means at least a 20-minute experience of sexual pleasure. That when you start to get aroused, your body starts to become oriented towards arousal as being a 20-minute at least thing. You know, And the more you do that, and the more you incorporate your breath into that, the more that's going to translate into your sexual experiences. And it's not something that's going to shift completely over a week or two, because think about it, if you're 25 or 35 or 45, you've got like 10, 20, 30 years of programming that you've put into your penis and your brain around sex and arousal. And so this can take some time to start to rewire. But I promise you through consistent effort over time, you will start to rewire how your body relates to arousal and pleasure and orgasm and ejaculatory orgasm. And so breath, number one, making sound, number two, number three, changing entirely how you masturbate and not doing any more quickies, like no more rubbing one out before bed in 60 seconds, no more like two minute shower wank or whatever you want to call it. Like (laughs) stop doing those and only masturbate for an extended period of time for at least a month. And I can almost guarantee that you will see results from that. And then on top of that, there's all kinds of other things you can do, like Kegels and reverse Kegels and and different more advanced techniques like the microcosmic orbit and all this stuff. But again, as I said earlier, a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter if you're not breathing deeply, making sound, and have a habituated practice of masturbating for longer. And a quick side note. A lot of guys think that having like doing Kegel exercises constantly is is the uh, answer to everything in sex. And it's it's not. And it's really interesting. You'll see a lot of guys out there who've done a ton of Kegel exercises who still really struggle with premature ejaculation. And this is because it's possible to overexercise that part of your body and to keep that part of your body so tense. That it doesn't, it can't relax. It can't relax enough. It's as if I was to go to the gym and do like 30 curls, followed by another 30 curls, followed by another 50 curls without stretching or doing any counterweight exercises, and then doing it the next day, and the next day, and then the next day. And all of a sudden, it becomes hard for me to move my arms straight because my bicep is so fucking big. You know, it's similar with Kegels. A lot of guys will put their pelvic floor into a state of constant tension and this. This tension is what leads towards premature ejaculation and ejaculation in general. And strength alone can be really helpful, but strength that isn't balanced with flexibility and ease and relaxation will lead towards premature ejaculation too. So, stretching your groin, intentionally taking a moment to relax your pelvic floor constantly, you know, starting to Realize how your pelvic floor reacts to uh, receiving sexual pleasure and touch in the moment, being aware of those things. You'll notice if you masturbate whenever you touch your penis, your pelvic floor will probably automatically contract. It's not necessarily bad, but if it's constantly staying in this state of contraction, it's going to push you towards ejaculation again. Because ease and relaxation leads away from ejaculation, and tension leads towards ejaculation, you know? So if you're listening and you do everything that I just said and you've been struggling with premature ejaculation, in two months' time, if you do all that for two months, you will have a different sexual reality for
0: sure. Excellent. Take note, man. That's, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost as if you're conditioning your body in the same way as if you were to start training for a marathon and you're starting Yeah. To- build up your endurance, build up your conditioning, build up the, the stamina, the fitness to be able to run a full marathon, you know, for however long it is 20, 30 miles, whatever. And, but you've got to, as I said, start from the beginning and build it up gradually, which in a, yeah, in a way that's, that's what you're doing with your masturbation practice. It's uh, conditioning your body to last longer, to go the distance or go further distance. So, yeah, it's interesting. I've never actually, it, it makes complete sense, but I've never actually thought of it that way, to be honest. And uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's brilliant, man. And uh, yeah, and a lot of this, again, something you, you touch on an awful lot as well is, you know, at the foundation of all this is self love, is loving yourself. Yes. Which a lot of guys also struggle massively with. And it's to, you know, to do any of this know to take the time out to be able to fulfill your your sexual needs and, and optimize your sexual energy and your life in general it does start with self-love doesn't it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it does it does I, I there was that hesitation there because i i'm remembering different parts of my life where I might not have felt so self-loving in moments, but I decided to make a change so that I would feel more self-loving, you know? And and yes, self-love is is a super important part of this. And I think to put that like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. <laughs> you might be asking that question. So to put it in practical terms, taking it out of the, the words of self-love, the question then becomes like, how much are you enjoying being alive in any given moment? You know, how much are you enjoying the moments of self-pleasure practice? How much are you able to fully enjoy the experience of being with yourself while you are masturbating or self-pleasuring or going on a walk in the woods or being alone by yourself at night with a book? How much can you love those experiences? You know, how much can you actually derive pleasure from those experiences? And your ability to do that will increase with practice <laughs> will increase with practice. And it's important to cultivate too, you know, and it's important to cultivate specifically the attitude that you do all these practices and exercises with too, because one of the biggest downfalls and challenges a lot of guys experience when they start to do these practices is they start to approach it with this this mentality of boom, 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 boom. Oh, I've, I've got to accomplish this thing. I've got to succeed. I've got to win. I've got to, rah, i got to seize the day. I kill it, you know? It's like, you can't, <laughs> it doesn't work that way with sex. You know, you have to just, you have to be really present in the experience and actually enjoy it without hustling to get to the next thing, yeah. you know? And that's really important. You can't hustle your way to sexual mastery. Like you really have to go through the shit. You have to do the practices. You have to do the work. You can't just like, yeah, you just, you can't hustle through it. And that's, that's something that keeps a lot of guys from experiencing success in this realm. Cause there's so much focus on the hustle right now and out in the world, you know, like hustle, make your business, hustle, do this thing, hustle, get ripped, get strong, like whatever. And it works great for some of these things, but you, yeah, you just can't do it in sex, you know, doesn't work the same way. So you have
0: to be vulnerable in, in that situation as I you just saying more. Yeah. So?
1: Vulnerable and humble and able to be present with the sensations that happen in your body while you're in them. So for example, in those 20 minute pleasure sessions, not going through the motions thinking like, Ooh, all right, I'm going to check this box and then go on to the next thing. It's like you have to actually really practice getting into your enjoyment of those moments like how deeply can you experience pleasure and lose yourself in that pleasure without feeling like you're accomplishing a thing? There's, there's a two different mental directions to go in that experience, you know, and it, it's not really, I've found it's not really possible to be in the mindset of hustle and accomplishment while you're also fully present with pleasure. They're kind of at odds with each other,
0: you know? Yeah, that's very important. Sorry. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, because again, that's how men have been have been conditioned, isn't it?
1: Get after it. It is. Totally. And it's why in, in Taoist sexuality, uh, specifically in Montauk Chia's tradition, the tradition that I've spent most of my time studying, and there's this practice called the inner smile, and it's taught early on, and it's so important because they realize in that tradition that the quality of presence that you bring to all of your practices will leave an imprint on and have... An impact on the results you get from those practices. And it's super fucking simple. The inner smile is literally as simple as you just smile to yourself and you give yourself the gift of a smile. And it's as easeful as that. And you might be thinking like, well, that's ridiculous. But if you take a moment and actually close your eyes and smile to yourself pleasantly, like, oh, hey, bro or dude or self or whatever you want to say, like just smile because you're alive on a planet and you have this fucking gift of being alive in a body and you get to do whatever you want. There's a shift that happens in your body and in your brain and in your presence from that smile, physiologically, neurologically. And that shift is hugely important and it can, it can flavor your entire life. And so they say like, please start a practice of also smiling to yourself on a regular basis so that this level of enjoyment and pleasantness of being alive can be part of everything and it helps to it helps to cut through that mentality of hustle and accomplishment
0: incredible my man well that's a great place to uh stop this podcast at i think it's uh, been incredibly insightful inspiring and uh yeah I think a lot of guys here listening to this podcast episode will take massive value from it. So thank you so much, Taylor. And if they do want to check out your work, get in touch, where can they find you? Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for having me here, by the way. I love getting to talk about this stuff and just connect with another guy who's like open to talking about this stuff. So thank you. And thank you to everyone listening as well for for being here for this conversation and this adventure. And I recognize this is potentially some new stuff that might sound weird or edgy or strange. And thanks for just considering it.
0: (laughs) And if you're interested and- Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, so thanks for considering it. And if you're interested and you want to go deeper, you can find me on my website. It's taylorjohnson.life. I'm on Instagram at taylorclarkjohnson. And I'm sure you could just find me on Google if you search for Taylor Johnson sex
0: coach from it. Cool. nice one yeah. yeah i'll i'll add on all those uh, links down below the uh, show notes here and uh awesome yeah until next time my man stay safe yeah stay
1: safe. thank you so much cheers